all enjoyed that, that offering song. I just love that song. I know y'all did. You know, the, the people who wrote that song, it was actually a Hillsong song, but two of the writers on that song are here in church with us, and I'm doing their wedding this weekend right over here. Wave y'all, wave your hands over here. I'm so excited for what God's doing in them and through them. They're going to be helping lead worship for the Hillsong in Los Angeles, but they're part of our church body here. And you know, I just love that declaration, victory, victory, that in Jesus we have victory. So great job writing that song. Great job, band. Love having all the different instruments up here. What was that one instrument that was up here? Accordion. The accordion. I keep forgetting. It's the accordion. I love that instrument. It's so cool and unique and just love, love. I love this church. This is like, this is the cream of the crop. I love you so much. And, you know, as a growing up in this church as a pastor's kid a lot of pastor's kids grow up just you know sometimes not liking going to church because they feel the pressure from the church members to be just like their parents I have never once in my life disliked this church I have I feel like the atmosphere here you guys are so loving encouraging forgiving graceful and it's always made me excited to come to church and that's a big deal for, for a minister's kid how many of you grew up with parents that were in ministry it's a big deal to enjoy wanting to be with the church body and so I just want to tell you one more time I love y'all I love this church and I hope you love each other as much as I love you if you don't just fake it no I'm just kidding I know you really do well, let's pick up our Bibles. We're going to stand for the reading of the Word. And we're going to open to Proverbs 29, verse 18. Come on, we get loud when we open up the Word. I know y'all don't have to fake it. You love each other. You guys love each other. This is, the, this is the real deal. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no revelation, no vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, people perish. Today we're going to talk about why we're here as a church. It's going to be a unique sermon in the fact that it's, it's about why victory exists. You're going to be able to walk away today and say, here's, here's what victory is all about. If somebody asks you, you know, what's that church you go to? What's it all about? What's the mission, the vision? Today you're going to walk away with a clear understanding of the mission and vision of this church. And it's important for us to know what the vision is because where there is no vision, then there is no uh, there's no reason to stay connected to it. The people cast off restraint. They wander. They flounder. And so it's important for us to remind ourselves what the vision is. Not just the vision of our church, but even in your own life, what your personal vision is. And so I pray that this message not only inspires you to be part of what God's doing through this church, but inspires you to write down a vision for your life. Now let's go real quick. One more scripture. Actually, two more. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. And it says, God said, write my answer plainly on tablets. Write down the vision, it says, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. It's important that we make it clear. A good vision is clear. It's simple. It's, you're able to run with it. You're able to uh, move forward with it. It's not, you know, 20 paragraphs long. It's just a very clear, simple vision statement. One sentence. But from that one sentence, everything else fits into it. Everything we do connects to it. And then last, last scripture, we're reading a lot of scriptures because we're in church. We're always going to read lots of scriptures. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And this scripture I get excited about because it's a time when vision was so needed for a man named Joshua and for the people he was leading. The man that, that was previously leading the Israelites was Moses. Everybody say Moses. Moses. 
Moses was the prince of Egypt. He was part of Pharaoh's family, and yet he, he, he denied all the pleasures of the palace to lead his people because he knew he was really a Jew and that he was a Hebrew and he was leading his people out of Egypt into towards the promised land. Well, he got them through the Red Sea. They were in the wilderness, but during that time, there was lots of disobedience that happened. And so that generation had died in the wilderness and Joshua was now stepping up, had some big shoes to fill. And God shows up and speaks to him. Verse 1, he says, After the death of Moses, God's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. You know what I love about that? God was saying, I'm going to give you land. Wherever you set foot, it's already purchased for you. God's gone ahead of you and I to give us land that we're called to possess. The battle belongs to the Lord. We're just going to walk out the purpose that he's already laid out for us. He says, okay, here's the other thing, Joshua. No one, everybody say no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not, I will not fail you or abandon you. Aren't you grateful for a God that never fails us, never abandons us? You know, I remember reading this scripture right after my father passed away and just thinking about the transition that was underway. And I remember when my mom told me just months ago, Paul, you're going to step in as pastor at Victory. And, and I remember crying when she told me because I just thought, God, you know, those shoes are so big. I don't know how to fill those shoes. And, and I even went to my closet and found a pair of my dad's old shoes that my mom had given me. Um, and I was going to put them on to preach the first Sunday here, thinking that maybe I would have a, a stronger anointing if I was wearing his shoes. And I remember God saying, Paul, take those shoes off. You're called to wear your shoes. You're called to be you. And just as I was with your dad, I will be with you. And just as God was with Moses, he will be with us. Just as God was with the Israelites, he'll be with us as a church. And God's not finished with this church. You know, we've seen great things. Growing up in this ministry, I've seen God do incredible things. I've seen uh, the, the, the blind be able to see. I've seen dead people raised to life. I've seen lame people, people who came in on a wheelchair, walk out completely, totally healed. I've seen thousands of people in Russia in 1991 respond to an altar call where, where hundreds of thousands of people were saved in a matter of 18 months as this church sent mission trips every month to uh, St. Petersburg and Moscow and then all over the Ukraine and then into Czechoslovakia and then the church expanded with Bible colleges and right now we have 1,500 IVBIs, International Victory Bible Institutes that have been planted through this church. That's amazing. You know, when somebody asks about that, they, at first they say, you mean 150? I say, no, 1,500 schools all over the world planted from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I mean, that's just, it's to God be the glory. Jesus deserves all the glory for that. But this church has been part of awesome things from being in a tent, a parking lot, the maybe center, the school gymnasium, to now being in a debt-free worship center where we come together every week to worship God. The past is so rich in history 
of God moving mightily, miraculously. But I got good news for you. Our future is even brighter. With Jesus on our side, with God for us, who can be against us? Until Jesus returns, we're not slowing down. Tell somebody next to you, we're not slowing down. We are moving forward. We are moving forward, church. And it's going to require all of us together owning the mission, the vision of why we're here, what we're called to do. Joshua, he, he then stood before the people after this. And before he did, I love what God says next. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Verse 6. You will lead these people to possess the land. Everybody say, possess the land. He says, the land that I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. So be strong and very courageous, Victory. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. This book right here is the book that leads us to life. This is the book that leads us to success. This is the book. We don't look at success the way the world looks at it. We look at it the way that God looks at it. He says, study this. Don't, don't, don't get away from this. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my commandment. Be strong and courageous, victory. Do not be afraid, victory. Do not be discouraged, victory. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on. That's a great promise. Let's say it together. I'm here on purpose. Because I have a purpose. Now, before we finish, I'm going to ask my lovely wife to finish this confession for us. Come on, Ashley. I need your help with this. Finish us off in this confession. Okay. What? Hey, love you. Now, where did we leave off? Okay, here we go. Say it like we mean it, church. I'm here on purpose. Because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. And my best days, turn to your neighbor and say, your best days are right in front of you. Only kiss your neighbor if it's applicable, if you're married. Okay, my best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Holy Spirit, continue to move in this place. Lord, thank you for your word. Let it change us, convict us, encourage us, challenge us. Lord, let it equip us to do your works, God, to glorify you. And God, I thank you that today, Lord, you're starting, you're birthing new things in our hearts, new vision, new dreams, new goals. And God, today that you would minister to all of us in this room as we hear your word and we obey it, we follow it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give your neighbor a high five, a hug. Tell them they look great this morning. Looking great in your church clothes this morning. Well, when my brother and I were really young, we were trying to get money to go on missions trips, trying to get money to buy Christmas presents, and we were trying to just get money. Anybody ever just need to get more money, more money? Well, John and I, we were, we were asking my mom and dad, Dad, you know, Mom, can we get some more money? And Dad said, I got no more money to give you. <laughs> 
And he said, you're going to have to go to the streets. So he sent us to the streets, not to beg, but to go to work for some money. So, he, you know, he sent us to the neighborhood, the streets in the neighborhood to go and, and, and do work. You know, he just said, go tell people that you're willing to work for whatever. Well, John and I, we were trying to raise money to go on mission trips. We, we needed money as well to buy Christmas presents. You know, all the things that kids need money for. And then, you know, we were also thinking in our minds some things we wanted to buy ourselves. Really, the Christmas presents we were saving for were for ourselves. Just because when you're a kid, you're just selfish. You're not really thinking, at least we were. We were still growing in the idea of buying presents for other people. We were learning that there's more joy in giving than there is in receiving. But in this whole process... We decided, okay, we've gonna, we're going to have to start a business in order to make some money. And we've been watching all the Christian movies. We didn't go to Blockbuster. We went to the Victory Bookstore to rent movies. And so we would rent like McGee and Me and Hanna-Barbera and, you know, Carmen videos and, and the old Michael W. Smith videos and Fire by Night and all the good stuff. There was this one series in the bookstore called The Last Chance Detectives. Anybody ever see that? Come on. This was a series for Christian kids about detectives. And we were thinking, okay, we want to start a business. Let's, let's look at where the need is in our neighborhood. We were thinking there's probably a big need of, you know, mysteries that need to be solved. And so <laughs> we started a business, and we didn't know what all we were going to do. We, we knew we were going to solve mysteries, but we, just, we didn't have a focus. We weren't able to really clearly define what the purpose of the business was. So we decided we're just going to do everything and mysteries. So we called our business all things business. And I've got a flyer. This was the flyer we passed around the neighborhood. We put a picture of me and my brother on there. John and I, we wore suit jackets because you know you got to look, look good. You got to wear your suit jacket, your button-down shirt. And we literally passed these flyers around the neighborhood with my parents' phone number on it. And, and we said, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we put no limit on what we, get, what we would do. We said, you know, we'll solve your mysteries, $10 a mystery. If we solve it, you know, you pay us $10. People out of pity actually paid us to solve some mysteries. And we had, I think we had two customers in the neighborhood. One who, you know, told us she was missing her cat, and we found the cat, and she gave us $10 for that. I think that was a pretty good mystery that we solved. But then we just kept doing other things, and we said, hey, we could do anything because we just needed to make money for missions. And so we put on there, we said, okay, we'll do lawn mowing, we'll do weed eating, we'll do leaf raking, we'll bag your leaves, we will babysit your kids, we will trim your bushes, we will do odd jobs and change light bulbs and clean pools and window cleaning and car washing. We'll cook for you. We didn't know how to cook, but we just said, we'll do it. We were desperate. When you're desperate, you're just like, hey, anything to make money, we'll do it, you know? And we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have any of the tools to clean pools, but we were just thinking if we have to jump in the pool and pull the leaves out, we will with our own hands. But we were, we were willing to do whatever. And then at the very bottom, we said, anything else that you want us to do, we will do. Each thing will cost different amounts depending on the job. Main thing here is we did not really have a clear purpose. We did not know what was our focused thing to do. We just wanted to do everything. And because we wanted to do everything, we weren't really doing anything excellent. We weren't doing the right things with excellence. And I think about how God wants us to do things with excellence. God is a God of order, of purpose. You can take the flyer off. I'm embarrassed by it now. <laughs> God's a God of order. 1 Corinthians 14 says God is a God of organization. That God likes things done with purpose. And there's a reason why you're here. You are here on purpose because you have a purpose. And the same thing goes for our church. We are here on purpose. We're not just doing church to do church. 
We are having church. We are a church. We are the church because God's called us to be this church. We are the way that we are because God's called us to be this way. And I think about how in Habakkuk, you know, he was saying, write the vision down. Make it plain. Proverbs was saying, if you don't have a vision, people are just going to go and do anything and everything they want to do. They're going to do all things instead of doing a few things that they're supposed to do well. And then Joshua, here he is, getting ready to start. And God cast this vision. He says, Joshua, you're going to possess this land. You're going to lead these people to these places. And God marks it out. He gives them boundaries. He says, here's where you're going. He was bringing purpose, order to the people of Israel. Here's where we're going. That's what I want to do today. Here's where we're going. Here's why we are the way that we are. My wife, when we got married, she used to always ask me this question, why? 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 And it used to make me really upset. It, she wasn't asking it out of rebellion or anything. She was just asking, what's the why? What's the purpose? What's the takeaway of your sermons? She used to ask me that. We were working together in 3D, and, and sometimes she would ask me, and I would get so frustrated. You know, when you're working with your spouse, it takes work to work with your spouse <laughs> when you're working in a job. Now, obviously, it takes work to work at home and, and be married and all that stuff, but it also takes work when you're working together in the same business, in the same office, doing the same thing. And I remember getting frustrated to the point where I just said, Ashley, stop asking me why. And she says, I'm just trying to help you. And I was like, it's not helping me. And, and, and so then we were kind of getting a little frustrated. And I said, am I going to have to fire you? And she said, no, because I will quit. And I said, no, you won't. I will not let you. I need you. I need you to. And then we kissed. And it was all good because that's what you do in your first year. And that's what you should do every year in your marriage. But I remember that frustration of, Figuring out what's the why. What's the why? Why are we here? Why do we preach the sermons we preach? Why do we do missions as a church? Why do we have a dream center? Why do we have Camp Victory? Why do we have a K-4 through 12th grade Victory Christian School? Why do we have a football stadium? Why do we have a worship center this size? Why do, we, why do we do outreaches during the week? Why do we do small groups? Why do we have Sunday night services? Why do we have Wednesday night services? Why do we have Sunday mornings and Saturday nights? And what are we doing? What's the purpose? And today, you're going to find out why. Everybody say why. why. Have you ever been there before where you've just been like, oh, what's the why? Who's ever been there before? For me, recently, it's been with my baby Liam. This dude loves to cry, and I can't figure out why sometimes. He's just want, like this morning, he was crying so hard, and I was like, why? Why? Just tell me why. I want to solve the problem. Why, Liam? Why? You know? Have you ever been there where your baby's crying, and you can't figure out why they're crying, and you just want to solve it so you can stop the crying? Okay? Maybe you've forgotten. Me and Ashley are in that season right now. Just want to remind you, that season is not an easy season at times. But we've got to understand the why. Everybody say the why. the why. So at the end of your rows, I'm going to walk us through the why. There's these cards. I want you to pass these cards down. Everybody take a card. This is the card that tells you why we are here, who we are, what we're called to do, our mission and our vision. So everybody take a card. You can use it. Put it in your Bible later on. Keep it in your purse, in your wallet, in your pocket. Maybe put it in your car. When somebody asks you, hey, that church you go to, what, what are they all about? What are they doing? What's their why? You can say, I know what the why is. I know our purpose. I know our church's mission and vision. The mission of victory is very simple. It's four words. Love God, love people. Everybody say, love God, love people. Love God, love people. Now, you might ask, well, why is that our mission? Why isn't our mission, you know, um, 
uh, feed the hungry, put clothes on the naked, visit the prisoners. Those things are all great. Those things fall underneath that. Love God and love people is the foundation. How many of you guys live in a house? You own a house or maybe you're, uh, you're, you're moving into a house. Every house needs a foundation. The foundation for our house is loving God and loving people. Everything flows out of those things. That is the fa- that's the bedrock of our house, loving God, loving people. We are loved by God to love God and love people with God's love. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40, he says, guys, here's what I want you to do. This is what sums up all the commandments. Jesus was simplifying the mission of following Jesus. He was simplifying the mission. He said, love the Lord your God with half your heart, one-fourth of your soul, one-third. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's the first commandment. He said this, this right here. This is number one in the mission. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. These two things, when you do these two things, you are fulfilling the mission of following Jesus. You are fulfilling the law. Everything, all the prophets, it all hangs on these two things. Love God, love people. See, Jesus was someone who wanted to clarify mission and vision. He wanted to make it simple enough for you to remember so that when you go home and you say, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean for victory to exist? It's about loving God and loving people. That is why we are here, to love God and love people. Now, victory has five unique vision pillars. These five pillars, we, we, we started with in 1981 when victory started, five vision pillars. These pillars are what we're going to do no matter what. No matter what we go through, no matter how unpopular it might get in the world, we are going to fulfill these five vision pillars. These, this doesn't mean it is the vision statement. It just means these are five pillars that we're going to stand on in our church. Number one is worship. Everybody say worship. We worship the Lord because it is a commandment from God, not for His benefit, but for ours. When we worship Jesus, when we make our lives all about Jesus, we're shifting our worries and our strife and our doubts and issues, and we're throwing it at the altar and saying, God, it's about you. It's not about me. It's all about you. We are a church that's all about Jesus. Last week, we talked all about Jesus. When we worship God, it's not about our style, our songs, whether they do it the way we want it to do. No, our worship is not towards us. Our worship is towards Jesus. It's a pillar here at Victory that we're here to worship Jesus. And I see a church whose worship is so powerful that we're going to see more and more original songs coming out of this house, touching the world, that are going to be connecting people to their purpose, that are going to be able to connect people to the one who fulfills their purpose, God. But our worship is not about us. It's about Jesus. Secondly, the vision pillar is prayer. Prayer. Prayer is the key that unlocks the supernatural breakthrough in the earth. I want to encourage you as a church to pray. How many of you guys pray some, somewhat maybe daily? You, you pray every day. Or how many of y'all pray at least during the week? You try to at least pray during the week. Pray before you eat. Pray before you uh, go to sleep. Or pray in the morning. Prayer is essential to a believer's life. We're going to teach on prayer. We're going to pray in church services. As you know, when you come to church on Sunday morning, we worship in the beginning. Then we pray for each other. We believe in corporate prayer and we believe in individual prayer. The third vision pillar is fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. fellowship. So we got worship, prayer, fellowship. Fellowship is about relationships. We do life together. We are family. We are family. We've been talking about that during our We Are series, that we're called to be connected. Isolation is a road towards destruction. 
You know, I think about in my life times where I've been isolated, where I just didn't want. When you don't feel like doing fellowship is when you really need it the most. When you feel like pulling away from people and just, you know, staying in your house and staying in your apartment while the rain's falling down, shutting all the the windows and the shutters, and you just want to get in a blanket and just eat ice cream and you don't want to talk to anybody, that's when you need fellowship the most. And I want to encourage those of you that are watching online, you need to, when you're in Tulsa, we want you to be connected with this body. It's so easy for us in this day and age to just live on Facebook, to just live online. And I want to encourage you to have relationships, face-to-face relationships. And that's no knock online because we love our online. Let's give our online audience a huge hand. We're so glad you tune in. But I want to encourage you to have relationships. Be connected right where you live. Be connected with other people. We need face-to-face contact. Like I was saying, in my life, there were times where I was relying upon church people to reach out to me. But then I came across Proverbs that says, a man who wants friends must show himself friendly. It's not everybody else's fault for the lack of relationships in your life. You have to reach out and build friendships in this church. You know, there's a lot of people who say, well, I just, I'm, I go from church to church to church, just looking for relationships. In order to have real deep friendships, you have to get your roots deep and connected in that church body. And, and be part of outreaches, be part of serving, be part of coming to a service consistently and connecting with the people in your section, reaching out, introducing yourself, being friendly to make friends. It's essential in our church. It's part of our vision. So we're just going over these vision pillars. Number four is the Word of God. No matter how unpopular the Word might get in our state, we're going to keep preaching the Word of God, the uncompromising truth of God's Word. This is the thing that changes people's lives. You and I, we can't really change somebody's life. We can minister to somebody. We can encourage somebody. But ultimately, it's Jesus that changes lives. And ultimately, it's the Word of God that penetrates the hearts of men and women whose hearts are callous and cold and opens them up to the Word of God. We do it by loving them, but then bringing them the truth. This is the truth. And we're gonna, this is going to remain, no matter what we go through, we're going to keep preaching the Word of God. We are a church that believes in the truth of God's Word. And number five is evangelism. So five vision pillars. Worship. Let's say them together. Worship, prayer, fellowship, the Word, evangelism. What is evangelism? Just shout out some answers. Reaching out. Telling others about Jesus. Cash has got it. She's shouting it out. Evangelism is really, it's about sharing the love of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ with people through words and deeds. We do this by having a food pantry, by having the dream center, by helping clothe people. We have a clothing uh, uh, place where we give people free clothes from this church. If you ever have extra clothes that you'd like to donate, we do that every week. We donate clothes to people. We donate shoes to people. We're doing socks for tots this month from Marshall Elementary. But we are a church that's doing these good deeds for the sake of opening people's hearts to the gospel. Good deeds leads to goodwill, which opens the door to good news. When we give good deeds, when we do good things for people, just because no strings attached, just because we love people, then people's hearts are open. They want to hear, what's this gospel? What's this, what's this following Jesus all about? And then we're able to share the gospel with them. There's a lot of humanitarian aids out there that are helping people get clean water and all that kind of stuff. But the local church is the hope of the world because we're not only feeding people physically, we're feeding people spiritually. 
We're not only helping people with physical needs, we're helping people with spiritual needs. Salvation. We're showing people Jesus. So the five vision pillars, worship, prayer, fellowship, the word, evangelism, and how we fulfill those vision pillars is these three words. And these three are what I want you to understand. This is the vision of victory. Connect, equip, reach. Everybody say connect, equip, reach. We are connecting people to God through worship and prayer. We're connecting people to each other through fellowship. When you come to victory, you can count on connecting. It's going to happen. We're going to connect with God during our worship time, during our prayer time. We're going to connect with each other when we turn to pray, when we walk out, and when we do small groups. In fact, I want to just show you a video about a a girl named Alyssa who was disconnected here when she was here uh, years ago. She came to church, and she would kind of sit in services, but she wasn't really getting connected. She wasn't building quality friendships. And she realized this is part of our church. This is what I want in my life and what it did in her life. Check out this video of Alyssa and how she got connected. My name is Alyssa Freeman, and I belong to a women's small group. About three years ago, I just really found myself just in a season of life that I was just so overwhelmed. I am a mom of four kids. My husband's a pilot and travels a lot. I was working part-time as a nurse. My friendships at the time were just very superficial, and girls' night out just ended up being what kind of car we're driving, what part of our house are we remodeling, where we're working out, and it honestly just left me feeling very empty. I just stopped for a second and just prayed a really simple one-sentence prayer and said, God, I need new friends. I need some meaningful, godly friendships in my life, and what do you have for me to do for you? And crazy enough, um, the very next day, I saw a post on Facebook from a friend's sister, and it was just an invite to a connect group to anybody. I looked at it and stared at it for a while, and then I just realized that it was something I was supposed to do. And I just chose to trust in God that He was answering my prayer in that moment, and I contacted her. I'd never met her before. And so I just messaged her and she gave me the information and it happened to be on my day off. And I just, I said yes, and I just took that step. Well, honestly, I was really excited because I had that desire to just get involved and get connected. So I was really excited, but then I was really scared. At the same time, I'm normally a very shy person, very introverted, and I honestly, I just felt like I didn't know the Bible well enough. I was very intimidated. I felt vulnerable. I wasn't spiritual enough. Um, and, and a huge thing was that I just felt very unworthy just because of all the shame and guilt that I was carrying from just past mistakes in my life. And so I just didn't feel um, like that I even deserved to go, um, as crazy as that may sound. But um, when I went, I was shocked because I have felt more accepted in that one moment than I have probably in my whole life. We laugh, we cry, we listen, we love, we worship, we read God's Word, we um, just, we're transparent and real with each other, and we just live life together. Looking back, I truly believe that God has orchestrated friendships like a bouquet of flowers and I feel like that he takes one out sometimes, put one in sometimes, rearranges it, but there's a purpose in each one. 
and I feel like in this season of my life, he just became the ultimate gardener and just totally um, changed my world. As a believer, we are not supposed to walk this walk alone. And the devil wants us to curl up in our house and lock the door and isolate ourselves. And I just encourage you not to let that happen because what's on the other side of this step is the pathway to your calling. Awesome, awesome. So you see this Victory Growth Track. We've been doing this for the last month. Last week, we had our first step of the Growth Track, which was a Connect Lunch. And we had 150 people come. 60 new adults joined the church. A lot of them were families with kids that are also joining. Yeah, that's great. I mean, Victory's growing. Praise God. But you know, here's what we're about. We're about connecting, equipping, and reaching. This is why we're here. We're connecting people to God through worship and prayer, connecting people to each other through fellowship because we need fellowship. And we equip. We equip through teaching people God's word. You know, we're going to continue teaching God's word to you. But I want to challenge you not only to allow yourself to be equipped, but to equip others. I believe God has, you know, Ephesians chapter 4 says that Paul uh, told us all that we're to equip believers to do the work of the Lord. Any believers in the house? Any saints in the house? Come on, not the New Orleans saints, the real saints right here. We're called to do the works of the ministry. We're being equipped, not so we can get bigger and bigger and bigger with the Word of God, but so that we can release all of that to other people. And this is where reach comes in. We are reaching out locally and globally with God's love through evangelism and outreach. Everything we do at Victory fits into these three things, connecting, equipping, and reaching. If you ever have a question, why does Victory do that? It fits into our purpose. It fits into the why that we're here. And I believe God has a purpose for you. I want the worship team to come up. Because this is what we are all about. Connecting you to God and each other. Equipping you with the word of God. And then reaching out. And we want you to be part of that. I, I, real quick, I want to honor some people in the room. If you lead a connect group, a victory group, would you just stand up? And we want to honor you that are leaders of groups in this church. We've got hundreds of groups. Yeah. Would you just stand up? You lead a connect group, a victory group in some way, a ministry group, Sunday school class. We are so grateful. Would you stay standing? We're so grateful for you being someone that's equipping people in this church. Stay standing. These leaders are equipping the church to do the works of the ministry. And, and while they're standing, I want you to be inspired because you might be sitting out there today and saying, you know what? God's put a teaching gift inside of me to teach people. And if they can do it, I can do it. Because it's not about your age. It's not about your ethnicity. We are a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church. That's what I love about Victory. Every race, every color, every generation is represented in this house. But look around the room and ask, God, have you put something in me that maybe isn't activated yet, that needs to be activated? Now stay standing. If you volunteer in the ministry somewhere during the week, during the month, would you join those that are standing as well? Maybe you volunteer at the Dream Center, Usher, 24-7. Maybe you volunteer at 3D or a greeter. Maybe you volunteer in the food pantry. Maybe you volunteer mobile kids' trucks. Or maybe it's with children's church or Sunday school. Awesome. Yeah, let's give a big hand. All the volunteers that serve maybe with worship or with choir. Now, last but not least, as, you're, as all of those of you that are standing, those of you that are sitting, just look around. These people are ordinary people that have said, you know what? 
I've got a little bit of time in my month, in my week, that I can just be part of what God's doing in the church. No condemnation for those who aren't, but you know what season you're in. Sometimes we're in seasons to just be at church. Sometimes we're in seasons just to receive from God. That's all we can do because maybe you're working two to three jobs a week. Maybe you're, you know, raising lots of kids right now. Maybe you're in a season where things are just really tight and there's not a lot of time for other stuff. That's great. That's fine. But when the season opens up where you're able to be part of what God's doing, I'm telling you, don't let anything hinder you from jumping in wholeheartedly to be used by God. Those of you that are standing, and I'm going to ask one more group to stand with those that are standing. If you would consider yourself a member of Victory Christian Center, you say, you know what, I'm a member of this church. I want you to stand up. Maybe you joined as uh, last week. Maybe you joined 20 years ago. But you say, I'm a member of Victory Church. This is my home church. This is where I... I am a member of this family. Yeah, let's give a big hand. All the members. Praise God. I'm so grateful for you being part of what God does at this church. Now, with those of you that are standing, if you would say, you know what? Being a member, being a volunteer, being a leader here as in the group, in some way, it has changed my life for the better. If that's you, would you just lift your hand? Being a member, being a volunteer. Wow. Would you keep your hands raised? Everybody look around the room hands up all over the room because it's not about one person it's not about a service it's about what being part of a local church can do in your life really it is I see all around this room testimonies messages through your life you are making a difference you can be seated that's powerful that is awesome this is what the church is all about we are the church we are victory we are victory. When I say we are, you say victory. We are. Victory. We are. Victory. We are. Victory. And we are moving forward. We are here on purpose because we have a purpose. We're called to reach more people. There's no coincidence that we built a worship center this big. It's because there's more people in our city that need to be reached. It's because there's more people that need to get connected. People that are isolated. People that were once here, but they left the church because of maybe offense or just weariness or discouragement. Maybe they left when my father passed away. But we are here for such a time as this to bring them back into church, get them connected. That empty seat has a name on it. You are connected to somebody that needs to come here that's not in church, doesn't know Jesus, doesn't have a family of God. And being a member of a church is about being part of a family. And there's family members that are lost in this city that need to be brought back in. Prodigal sons and daughters. And my challenge for you on this Mission Vision Sunday is to pray about how could I bring somebody with me? It doesn't have to be next week. It could be for Perry Stone. It could be the following week when we do our big production Strings. October 25th, that weekend. We're going to have Fun Fest. We're going to do a big production called Strings. It's going to be a powerful message about breaking bondages of fear off your life. It's going to be intense, a very intense drama, but you won't want to miss it. But you might even say, you know what? It's not even just about bringing someone with me. It's about filling in the gaps. See the need and meet it. See the hurt and heal it. Own the vision. That's my challenge for you is to own the vision that I'm going to own connecting, equipping, and reaching. I'm going to be part of an outreach. I want to invite my friend Mike Fletch up here. Mike, took, he's been owning this vision. Yeah, give Mike a big hand. He's so sharp. You've been owning this vision of reaching out by leading a group of, of people on Saturday mornings to reach out. They volunteer to our city, just reaching out with God's love through this church. Share with them what happened this last week. 
Yes, this past Saturday, we went out to the Cancer Treatment Centers of America, group of young adults, and there's some pictures showing as well. Um, and we had flowers, we wrote encouraging letters, and we had candy, and we just simply passed them out to the nurses and to the patients that were there. I remember this one lady, her name was Miss LaVon, and she uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and she said that the doctor told her she only had three months to live. And um, she told me that that wasn't the first time she was told this, and she was a believer. She believed in the healing power of Jesus Christ. And she said two years ago, she was going through brain surgery and chemo. And uh, she said during that time, she was having that whole process in her body. She said that the doctor said it wasn't looking good for her at all. And all of a sudden, she was in a, a state of desperation, a state of need, and she just started calling out the name Jesus, 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 Jesus. And during this time, she was just saying the name Jesus. The nurse told her that she was saying this name, the name Jesus for 17 hours. And um, next thing you know, the chaplain comes in, walks in, and asks Miss LeVon, hey, are you ready to go? Are you ready to leave this earth? And she said at that moment, she saw Jesus at the foot uh, bed of, the, of her bed, and she saw him reaching out with his hand towards her, letting her know that her time was not yet finished. And she said that Jesus told her that there's so much more in her life to come. And she went to go live on way longer than what they expected her to live. And now she's dealing with this situation right now. And uh, she said, even though the doctor has his word, that he said that I only live for three more months, she said that God has the final word. And she's believing for a complete healing in her body. And it was just awesome to get a chance to spend time with her, encourage her, to let her know that, you know, God loves her and God cares for her. And we had an awesome time of praying, just crying in tears. And uh, she said, thank you so much for you coming out. And she knows of many victory groups that came out before. And she's so appreciative of the church victory. And uh, that's why I love being a part of this church, that our heart beats for people and that we just love on people, that our actions speak louder than our words, and that I'm just so honored to be a part of this uh, victory body for this Call Y'all family, and I'm just so honored for Pastor Paul, Pastor Ashley, for just giving us the opportunity to reach out towards this community. absolutely love it. We're honored you're part of this church, this family. You know, I, I truly believe that our best days are in front of us, victory. We're going to keep reaching. I, right now, we, we minister five services a week, Wednesday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, twice, Sunday night. I see the day where we go to six services, seven services, eight services. We start going in the north side services, south, east, west. We start going in other towns, planting victory churches in other states, in other cities. We're not finished with doing what God's called. There is so much more work to do. And this is a time... God told Joshua, now is the time for the people to rise up and possess the land. Victor, we have land to possess that God has already given us as a church. We're going to do greater things in the days ahead than we've seen in the past. Why? Because we serve a God who takes us from glory to glory to glory. We don't serve a diminishing God. We serve an increasing God. We don't serve a God who gets tired generation after generation and says, I'm done. We've already seen all the miracles. No, he says, I got even greater miracles. Before Jesus returns, we're going to see one of the greatest harvests in this church than we've ever seen before in every nation of the world and in our city right here in Tulsa. And you are called for such a time as this. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what? I'm not a member 
but I think I'm ready to become a member. I think I'm ready to join this family. I want to encourage you to jump in the growth track that we've started. We're going to do a Connect Lunch the first Sunday of every month. Then we have little classes that meet during uh, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. service that you can come to and be part of and get connected and learn what it means to be a member and how to serve and volunteer. Then we do team nights. Team nights are happening the first Thursday night of every month. How many have ever been to a team night that we've had so far? They're fun. They're awesome. They're, they're all about how we volunteer out here as a church. But the main thing is this. We are here on purpose. We are not here on accident as a church. The world has problems, and they need what God has put in us. And we're going to bring them the good news. You're not here on accident. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. You were not born as an accident. You were born on purpose for a purpose. God strategically placed you in Tulsa, Oklahoma with the family you grew up in, no matter how dysfunctional it might be. God puts you there because He believes you can make a difference. God puts you in this church because He believes you can be part of this vision. And as we end today, I want to end with this story. I was in Atlanta about 10 years ago on a missions trip. We were ministering to the homeless people in downtown Atlanta. And I saw a man reading his Bible in this park. He had no shoes on. His jeans had holes in them. His shirt was stri- uh, stripped. Of, it was just falling apart, everything. You could tell he had, he had just been living on the streets. And I said, sir, what are you reading from? He said, why do you care? I said, you know, I'm, I'm a believer, and I just thought it was cool that you were reading your Bible. He says, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he starts telling me what he's been reading. I said, that's awesome, man. He said, you know, <clears throat> he said, I wasn't always like this. He said, I used to have a really good life. I was making good money. I was doing things. And he said, something, something happened. I just, I got heartbroken. And because my, my heart was broken, I just ended up wasting a lot of money, wasting a lot of time. He began talking to me about his life. And I was just sitting there listening to him. The more we listen to people that need God's love, the more their heart opens up to hear what we want to share with them. As I was listening to him, he said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Tulsa. He said, you from Tulsa? I said, yeah, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I said, yeah, I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. No. He said, I was from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said, you go to a church there? I said, yeah, I go to a church called Victory. You go to Victory Christian Center? I said, yes, sir. He goes, you're telling me you're from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you go to Victory Christian Center? I said, yes, sir, I do. And he goes, you know those pastors, Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty? And I was like, oh, man, what's going to happen? I said, yes, I do know those pastors. He said, let me show you something. He pulled out a little mini book, a purple mini book, said, you are valuable. It was a book my dad wrote about how we have a purpose in this earth to fulfill, that we're not an accident, that we're here on purpose because we have a purpose. And he began preaching this mini book to me. He said, this pastor of yours, he made an impact in my life. Could you tell him that I says hi? Could you tell him that, that, that God still has a plan? He said, I got this book 16 years ago, and I've been on the streets here. I just, I just want him to know that I'm not giving up on this, this purpose. Or 15 years ago, he said, I'm not giving up on this, this message that I'm valuable. And I said, I can tell him. He said, really? He said, could you, could you tell Pastor Sharon too? I said, yeah. And he said, are you like close to them? I said, yeah, they're my parents. No way. Those are your parents? So anyways, we just hugged each other in the park that day. But I think about, would you stand up on your feet? We have a purpose to fulfill.